Welcome everyone to the ninth episode of the Breakdown Walls podcast. It's episode nine, and uh, for me, it's 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 a great episode for multiple reasons. First of all, I'd like to applaud our podcast, folks listening to this. We have reached just over. We just broke the two hundred play mark for the, the podcast in total. Two hundred. We're at two oh six as of this recording. It's I, I'm I'm super proud of that. Two hundred plays already, and nine episodes. I I think it's a good start, in my opinion. I know, I'm sure some podcasts took off like crazy, but that's, it's awesome for me. Anyway, this is going to be a fantastic episode, folks. We have some gaming news to discuss today. Oh boy, do we have some gaming news to discuss today. We have some accessibility news to discuss, though not much, but it's out there, so we're going to discuss it, and kind of an accessibility update. Um, no community spotlight this week, but, you know, we don't have one every week, but we'll have one when we have one next time. <laughs> um... And we have um, a voice message, once again from T-Blaze. T-Blaze is literally the only one now who's sending voice messages. Uh, this, this behavior is encouraged. Please do send more voice messages if you want to be involved in the, in the show. I fully encourage it and will respond to them on the show. But, on top of all that, folks, we have a tremendous interview. A wonderful interview, a fantastic interview with audio description narrator and voice actor... Roy Samuelson. This is an interview I did not think I was going to be able to get, and I am honored to have gotten it. And uh, it is it is tremendous. Um, it's the, the reason I invited Roy onto the show is something that I think that all of you, the listeners of the Breakdown Walls podcast, will find very interesting. Roy has taken his work in audio description um, and amplified uh, that to a whole new level. I think you guys will really get into that. And uh, yeah, we're going to talk about video games, too. So, all right. Anyway, hey, man, oh, man, what an episode. I can't wait to get into it. Let's do that right now. What do you say? All right, guys, let's get into gaming news. And today's gaming news topic is one that uh, I never thought that I would have to bring up. and it's, it's, uh, It involves an individual that I never expected to be talking about in my gaming news segment, but I think it needs to be discussed, and I think it's something that, uh, you know, deserves some reflection, deserves to be reflected upon, in my opinion. So, I'm going to say a phrase now, and this phrase is one that I never thought I would say on a podcast of mine, but um, I'm going to say it right now. Folks, let's talk about Ninja. That's right, I said it. Let's talk about Ninja. All right, Ninja. One of the most prominent streamers of all time, Ninja. Um, you know, known for Halo back in his heyday, uh, but then moved on to Fortnite, and that's where he really truly gained his popularity. Uh, Ninja is a brand. Ninja, whether you like him or not, you don't have to like him, but the guy is getting things done. Uh, you know, he's filthy rich. Uh all brought on by his his branding and his his uh, his you know Fortnite followership and everything like that, and uh, you know it's he really is he really is a brand of his own. Um, that said, he recently switched to streaming exclusively on Mixer, which is a different platform than Twitch. Um, for those who not who aren't familiar, Mixer is a platform that is owned by Microsoft, whereas Twitch is owned by Amazon. Uh, they're both streaming platforms. Twitch is moving away from the gaming space. 
a little bit more than Mixer is right now. I mean, Twitch is still a, a place to stream games, of course, but um, they have they have taken on a, a lot of other things too. You know, they they do a lot of IRL streams and you know a whole bunch of things. Um, Mixer is still, I think, mostly a gaming streaming platform, but there's still some uh, real life stuff there too. I mean, it's, I think it's I think it's more game centric than Twitch currently is. Twitch started as game centric entirely, but now it's become some, you know a lot of other things too. Um, like Impact Wrestling streams on Twitch, for example, you know? Um, anyway. Ninja moves to Mixer. According to him, his team handled the move very professionally. Everything was good, everything was, you know, golden as far as the, the move was concerned. No, there was no intended bad blood there. But then, then, ladies and gentlemen, we, we find out that Twitch is doing some shady stuff really shady stuff that I I personally do not agree with. So, Ninja goes inactive on his Twitch account because he's with Mixer now. But he keeps the account up there for archival purposes. People can watch old streams, people can, you know, um, you know, look at old broadcasts and whatnot, like, stuff like that. Um, archival, basically. Twitch recognizes that what they have on their hands is prime internet real estate. Ninja, at one point, at the peak of his, his Twitch following, had something like 14 million followers. Okay? Twitch sees that as an opportunity. So they modify his Twitch page from being an archival page, which is what every offline streamer gets, to their own page that says the ninja you're looking for is not here, check out some of these other great streamers. And it proceeds to then recommend you other streamers. You know, other streamers that aren't Ninja. You know? Again, it's, it's worth mentioning this again. Ninja is a brand, okay? So, already, by mentioning other streamers on his profile, it doesn't matter if he's offline anymore. The archival purpose is, is there because of his brand. Oh, and by the way, you're allowed to, on, on an archival Twitch page, you're allowed to link to other ways you can find the person. So he could have, he could theoretically have linked to his Mixer profile because that's where you can find him now. Um, you're allowed to, to link to, uh, to where you can now be found. So they are actively already hurting his brand by changing this page to a page that recommends other streamers that aren't him. But that's not enough, though. No, 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 no. You see, Twitch has had a, a, some problems of late in terms of uh, certain types of content appearing in their uh, in their feeds. And, uh, you know, there are people out there that are, that are trying to push this content forward and uh, are succeeding in doing so, because Twitch, honestly, doesn't do much to stop it. Not even kidding, Twitch does not really uphold their own terms of service very well. I've seen plenty of examples. Um, but this case was probably the worst look for Twitch you could possibly ask for. Not that you would ask for that, but it's probably the worst way Twitch could look. Because this time, amongst the recommended channels featured on Ninja's page, number one, in fact, at one point on the recommended channels on Ninja's page, was a porn account. That's right. Apparently, quite, 
quite um, risque material was linked to, and I believe shown, because it was the number one recommendation, on Ninja's page. Because of Twitch, uh, you know, messing with it. I guess it was like some, uh, the, the, the account holder had pushed that, uh, that content, uh, that, that uh, account up to the number one recommended account in Fortnite, uh, uh, in, if you search for the Fortnite video game, which is why it would be recommended on Ninja's page. And it worked. It was recommended on Ninja's page. So, needless to say, Ninja himself, not very happy about this. Not very happy at all. And he has every right to be. I'll tell you right now, I do not consider myself a Ninja fan. Um, I don't think Ninja is particularly entertaining. That's just my opinion. Everyone out there who listens to this podcast is allowed to be a Ninja fan. Um, I think that, uh, you know, I think that there are others that have more charisma than him. I think he has a massive ego, which is brought on by his uh, fame at a young age, I think. Um, but, that, that aside, Ninja is a person, and Ninja is a brand. And Ninja does not deserve to be treated like this by Twitch. Uh, where it gets even funnier, if, it, if you thought it couldn't get funnier, don't worry, it does. Where it gets even funnier is Twitch's response to this. Twitch's response was, uh, this is not a direct quote, but it's, it's, uh, it's got bits of what they said in it. So basically the response was, we have been experimenting with showing recommended content, including on offline channels. They have been experimenting. Here's the thing, guys. They have been experimenting is not true. Why is it not true? Because Ninja's profile is the only one with which this was done. The only one. It was very clearly a case of, hey, Twitch has some, uh, some real estate here that's now free. What can we do with it? Eh, who needs the archive page that everyone else gets? No, no, we'll recommend content on it. We'll use it to promote other people and, you know, thusly promote our brand. Get people who go to Ninja's page to watch other streamers promoting our brand. Oh, and oh, don't mind the porn. <laughs> no. no, they they did say, uh, we apologize for the lewd content and the account has been taken down, blah, 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 blah. And the immediate thought that crossed, you know, crossed my mind is, okay, so... You don't think there'll be another account to replace it within the next five minutes? Within the next ten minutes, at least? Because there will be. Because Twitch does not does not govern properly. They do not monitor their, their content properly. Their terms of service are violated every day. And they don't do enough about it. I mean, you saw... Well, I don't know if you saw, but in the news previously, there was the example of the cat abuse incident uh, done by a streamer. Twitch did nothing about that. That person is still streaming. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's bad. It's bad. Now, I will say this. After Ninja um, publicly discussed this, within, I believe, about two hours, his page was changed back into the proper archival page that it was that it's supposed to be. But that does not forgive Twitch 
That does not excuse Twitch, in my opinion. That is a seriously shady practice they just did there. And although the content, the, the porn content that, was, that ended up being promoted on Ninja's channel wasn't Twitch's, it is still a reflection of Twitch's inaction. It is still a reflection of their refusal to uphold their terms of service. It's bad. It's bad. It doesn't look good for Twitch at all. It, um... There's been, there's, been, <laughs> there's been some discussion of me streaming on Mixer instead of Twitch. And there was discussion before that happened. And finding out about this made me want to do it even more. Um, I still won't guarantee that it's going to happen. Um, but I will say that it's definitely, it's definitely clanking around in my head. If, if it ever does happen, I can't give you a date or anything that's going to happen. Okay. I'm not even, I'm not even necessarily saying that it's going to happen, but believe me, I definitely want to switch. Um, that's just, you know, that's, that's how I feel about it. It's, it's, Twitch does not look like a good company to, to stay with right now. My opinion, of course, um, take it for what you will, but, uh, there it is. That's going to do it for the gaming news segment for this uh, episode. So let's move on now to the accessibility news and see if we can get some more positive vibes going here right now. Alrighty then, ladies and gentlemen, let's talk about some accessibility news. And I want to start off with accessibility today by talking about something that I was involved in um, that was really, really cool. And um, I encourage you guys to check out. I think it was really enlightening in a lot of different ways. Um, we have done, and I talked about this before on the show, by the way, we did phase one of the Mario Maker accessibility, blind accessibility levels um, uh, stream. We did phase one uh, last week. And it was, in my opinion, a great success. It was resounding success. There were a couple levels that I had a little trouble with, um, but I fully intend to give the, the developer of those levels feedback on them and, uh, and you know, see if we can make some improvements and make it more playable by the blind folks. Um... That said, I had a great time. Um, it is basically the the event proved just how possible it was to create an accessible Mario level for the blind. Uh, there was certainly learning on both sides, you know, learning uh, about uh, Mario concepts on my side, and learning how a blind person thinks about a Mario game on the side of a couple of people that developed levels for for the event. But uh, it was still very much a successful event, and I highly encourage you to check that event out. Uh, it's on my Twitch archives right now. Um, I'm not actually doing this to try to promote my Twitch channel. I really am not. I really just want to promote the event and how great the event was. But if you do want to see the archives on twitch.tv slash superblindman, um, if, you, if you want to watch the whole archive there of me trying Mario levels, succeeding at some and failing at others, but ultimately just having a blast playing Mario Maker 2, which is a game that I did not think, you know, until this challenge came about, I did not think that I'd be able to ever really enjoy. But it it's, turns out that I, I have. And, uh, yeah, it's pretty great. Um, so I wanted to touch on that. But uh, aside from that, actual accessibility news here, I want to talk about a game called The Circus Master's Revenge. Um, it's a game that's coming out for iOS. To my knowledge, it is still coming out for iOS. <laughs> but it's it's been the victim of a lot of controversy. It's it's uh, So it's a game that... Um, is kind of a spiritual successor to uh, uh, Zombie Arena, I believe it's called. What is it called? Oh my god, I feel terrible now. 
Yep. Yep. Zombie arena something. Defense. <laughs> anyway, it's an audio game. I used to play it all the time, which is why I'm embarrassed about not, not being able to remember the name of it. I used to play it all the time. It is a game where you move... You can either uh, use the uh, accelerometer or your finger to swipe to turn your character and shoot zombies and just defend yourself against zombies um, in ever-increasing waves. And it, it's kind of a, it was kind of a small game, but it actually had a campaign with an interesting little story that taught you how to play the game, and it was really neat. For what it was, it was actually a really neat game. It was a really uh, well-developed game. It was made by Something Else, which is a, a developer that is essentially gone now, unfortunately. Uh, they developed the Papa Sangre series and Nightjar. Audio Defense. There it is. Audio Defense. So Papa Sangre 1 and 2, Nightjar, and Audio Defense, Zombie Arena. Um, my god, I can't believe it. It's an audio game, and I couldn't remember the first word of the game title is, is audio. <sighs> anyway. <laughs> Moving forward. It was a great game, and Circus Master's Revenge is a spiritual successor to that game. But it does not come without uh, its share of... Controversy, I guess, is the only word that, that really applies there. There are the, the forums of the audio games, uh, sorry, the Apple Vis forum, uh, where basically overrun people asking to test it, people saying, when is it coming out? People not believing it's coming out, people uh, ragging on the developer. You know, it, it, it's ridiculous. It's insane. It's, uh, it's the mentality that we're trying to escape from. It's, uh, it, that's, that's why I want to bring this up today. It's, it's, that mentality has existed for years uh, in amongst the blind gaming community. Um, and it's not, it's not every blind gamer, certainly not every blind gamer thinks that way. But there's so many still that are like, you know, oh, well, the, people just say stuff all the time and they're not going to actually do anything. Accessibility's not really a thing. Uh, no one's going to make this game. This game's dumb because no one's going to make it. Or, you know, people pointing out things like, uh, this game made by one person is not as good as a game made by 200 people. You know? <laughs> This ridiculous mentality um, that we're trying to escape from. And I'm, I'm trying to help people escape from that mentality. Because the fact is, it's hard to argue at this point. The results are there. The, 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 vote, the, the polls are in. You know, the, it, the jury is back. They have a verdict. You know, it, accessibility is happening. It's everywhere now. It's, it's, it's in fewer places for the totally blind than, than a lot of other disabilities. But it's definitely there. Um, there are so many examples. There, there used to be, it used to be hard to come up with accessibility examples in mainstream uh, games. Now, it's easy. And that's, that's something. There may not be, you know, hundreds of them, but they're there. And that's amazing. Um, but anyway, the, the point I'm making here is this little game that just wanted to take the place of a game that we no longer have access to, because again, the developers uh, know more, unfortunately. So the game cannot be purchased or downloaded anymore. They're, they're a zombie arena game. It's not downloadable or purchasable anymore. So this developer just wants to give us kind of that, give us that back. Um, you know, give us something that we all miss. All uh, the fans of uh, Audio Defense miss. And it's getting, it's getting like shredded. Like, just there's such, there's such hate. And I think... I think there's been a little bit of uh, developer backlash. Like I think uh, I think I, I saw something that said the developer lashed out at a little bit too. But you know we all make mistakes, and when you're under fire from hundreds of people, that that 
the forum post on Applevis had something like 900 posts last time I looked at it. Um, when you're under fire like that, it's hard not to backlash a little bit. It's, it's hard to, to just ignore all that. The good news here, if there is to be good news here, it is that the game, as far as I know, again, is still coming out. But it's still unfortunate that this happened. And I, I thought we were past this. I thought that accessibility had become prevalent enough that uh, we could stop this kind of behavior. But, you know, maybe maybe I was Star Trekking it a little bit too much. <laughs> I mean, maybe we can't, you know? Because look at... Look at average gaming communities, not just accessibility, just expand the horizons to every gaming community. There's a lot of toxicity in video games. Unfortunately, I hate it, but it's there. Everyone blames the developer for this and that and this and that. And, uh, you know, <laughs> I don't know. It's, it might be a problem we always have. It just, it's just a shame to see it when there's so much good to look around and, and observe. And the fact is, we're still getting this game, you know? So, I just, I don't see any reason to complain. We're in a great place for accessibility right now, but people still do. I want to talk about that a little bit. Um, I'm looking forward to the Circus Master's Revenge myself. I hope it is a great game. I believe that it probably will be. If it has uh, even shades of what Audio Defense had, then I think we're probably going to have a good time with it. Um, so yeah, that's my accessibility news for now. Uh, up next, we do not have a community spotlight, so up next we're going to get right into a voice message from the one, the only, T-Blaze, because of course it is. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. T-Blaze is the only one lately who sent voice messages. Everyone is welcome to do so. But uh, yes, it is T-Blaze once again, so let's hear what T-Blaze has to say. Hey Brandon, I'm sure you already know who this is. Just want to say when that I'm with you. There's no reason why accessibility and challenge can't coexist, and a lot of people don't seem to get that. This is because something is accessible doesn't mean it's easy, um, but we gotta just keep keep pointing that out. And uh, you know, as far as people playing in easy mode, I personally don't do it. But if someone does it, I don't knock it. I mean, that's that's their choice, and games are played to be enjoyed. At the end of the day, that's that's what it's about. So, you know, that's what it is on that. And uh, yeah, man, hope you're having a good one, and keep up the good work, man. Later. Well, thanks again, T Blaze, for the tremendous message. Um, so yeah, he's, uh, he's referring to last week's episode where we talked about uh, easy mode and how accessibility does not have to mean easy mode. And it doesn't. In the modern era, accessibility does not have to mean easy. Um, as I said last week, we still want to be challenged. We still want to play the game and have the same shared experience that everyone else has. We want those difficult bosses to be difficult. If you made Dark Souls or Sekiro accessible right now, we wouldn't want you to do that through easy mode. We want you to do that through something that allows us, that gives us the information we need to play the game and gives us just enough that we are, are, are able to play it. But we want to have just as much struggle with those tough bosses. If they're supposed to be that tough, then give us that same struggle, and we want to we want to feel the rewarding accomplishment of defeating that boss. As for those who play on easy mode as it is, um, yeah, I think that's their right, um, because video games are meant to be enjoyed. Whatever it takes for you to enjoy a game, do that. Because that's what you're, what, that's what you're there for. People who... So I mentioned Sekiro and Dark Souls. People who buy Sekiro and buy Dark Souls, they know what they're getting into. They know who developed that game. That game is developed by From Software. Those games are developed by From Software. Notorious for making challenging games, you know what I'm saying? That's what they do. They make games that are meant to be mind-crushingly difficult. So when you buy those games, that's what you're in for. 
And that's what I want to be in for if I get that game and it's accessible. I want to be in for that. I want to know that I'm getting into a huge amount of difficulty. Yeah, bring it on. If that's it was my choice to get the game, as long as it's accessible, give me the difficulty that you want me to have with it. But just make sure that I can play the game in the first place, you know what I'm saying? So yeah, that's uh, that's that message. Uh, thank you, T-Blaze, for that message. Um, as always, very much appreciated. Again, everyone is welcome to send voice messages into the Anchor podcast. Of course, that can only be done on the Anchor platform, but you're always welcome to contact me as well. If you want me to discuss something on the show, let me know. Send me a tweet at SuperBlindMan or an email as well, and I'll discuss something if you want me to discuss it. Um, I would be happy to do that for you guys. Uh, you're my audience. You're the people that I, I need to to uh, you know listen to and, and, and accept feedback from and cater to. So, yeah, if you want me to talk about something, let me know, and uh, I will consider talking about it as long as... As long as we have nothing else that's like bogging down, even even then, if we had a, if we had a bunch of material already set up, I would just reschedule it and talk about it later. So yeah, everyone is basically allowed to send me anything they want me to talk about, and I'll probably talk about it. That's what I'm trying to say here. All right, now then, let's get to for me what is the most hyped segment of this show. I still can't believe it to this to this very moment. I'm about to begin playback of an interview with Roy Samuelson, voice actor and audio description narrator extraordinaire. And I think you're going to find that he's a very interesting character for a lot of different reasons. Um, you'll see probably pretty immediately why I invited him to this show. Um, and that he fits right in with the Breakdown Walls crew. I want to call him that. I want to call him an official member of the Breakdown Walls crew. Roy, if you're out there, if you're listening to this, you're an honorary Breakdown Walls crew member. If you join our Discord, then you are a member of the Breakdown Walls crew. <laughs> but even if you don't, you're honorary, alright? Alright. Uh, so yeah, with that, let's move right into it, guys. Let's check out this interview with Roy Samuelson. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the podcast. I have now on this podcast, on this burgeoning young podcast, one of the coolest guests this fresh, hip, dope podcast has ever had before. The one, the only, the myth, the legend, Roy Samuelson. (laughs) Welcome what a to pleasure to hear from you, man. Thank you for having me. This is great. <laughs> no problem. I wanted to give you a proper introduction. I felt that, oh, that was, it was the way super. To do it. it was great. It was great. <laughs> well, I'm really glad to have you on the show. Uh, I, I wasn't sure that you'd say yes when, when I originally asked you because uh, my podcast is very, very new. Um, this will be the, you'll be on the ninth episode of the podcast. Awesome. So, so there you go. I love it. So, for those who don't know who this guy is, this guy is an audio description narrator, and I'm going to stress that because I noticed in a lot of the interviews that you do, Roy, you make sure that everyone knows that narrator is very specifically what you do. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little different than uh, than the other roles that uh, that happen in audio description. Yes. Yeah, yeah, it definitely is. Uh, tell us about your work. Tell us about the things that you've been a part of and, and that kind of thing. Sure. Uh, I'm a, a narrator for audio description, so mo- uh, exclusively TV shows and movies at this point. Uh, just recently, Hobbs and Shaw opened, and uh, before that, Spider-Man Far From Home, and earlier this year, Us, uh, the Jordan Peele movie. And uh, Love that movie, by the way. Oh, did you? What <laughs> a did. ride, right? I did. Oh, I did. So it was creepy. great. <laughs> yeah. You did really well yeah. on that one. I can I can speak from experience. You did really well on that one. Oh, oh, thanks. And that's a great transition. If I did really well, that means that the the scribers, the people that write the script, did a yes. great job. Yes, absolutely. Which means that you know I'm uh, 
uh, I'm reading the script, so it sounds like it's me that's saying it because I literally am saying it. But boy, those describers do a really great job. Yeah, I mean, there's there's an art to it. I've I've talked about audio description um, in blog posts before and a little bit on this show as well, a little bit. Uh, but there really is an art to it because you have to write description that fits in the spaces between dialogue, but also manages to convey the things that you need to convey. Yeah. So it's there is a there's a real art to it, especially. Um, if you really pay attention, you'll start noticing other things, too, like how uh, certain details are withheld until there's a longer space for them to be revealed to you. Like, oftentimes I've noticed a character will not be physically described what they look like, will not be gone into right away. When mm. if, if they have a dramatic entrance to make first, then we're, they're going to hold off on description of the character themselves until later when they're, say, looking out a window, something like that. You know? <laughs> yes. There's, there really is an art to it. Yeah. And with that, I'm, I'm thinking, you know, people sometimes say a uh, picture is worth a thousand words. There's what, 24 to 60 frames per second. So, right. You know, <laughs> there's thousands uh, of words. We got we to gotta be a little judicious here as our, as our describers right, right. do their job. Yeah, because we <laughs> can't a... pause the movie to describe something. So you have to, you have to fit it all in. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's pretty impressive work. Yeah. yeah. Um, I believe you're also in Get Out, too, which I, was a great movie as well. Oh boy, yeah, I was. That was a yeah. Wonderful, yeah, I thought that was you. Um, that was a wonderful movie too. Um, yeah. But, but uh, moving on from that a little bit. Um, mm -hmm. So your so one of the reasons I wanted you on this show is because your personal interest has kind of now moved beyond just audio description. You kind of uh, take an interest in accessibility in kind of a general way. Like you, you, I noticed you, you know retweet a lot of tweets that, that I post and other people post about accessibility and kind of general discussion about blindness and all this stuff. And uh, so, so I guess, tell me a little bit more about that. Tell me, you know, where your interest lies now or how it's changed, how it's changed since you began in audio description from what it was to what it is now. Oh, I love talking about this. So the first focus, I was laser focused on audio description narration and how that means uh, quality and excellence and how that can happen and getting the word out and blah, blah, blah. And one of the first things I did, maybe about a year ago or so, I started connecting on Twitter to find out what the blind audience had to say about audio description. Because I'm coming from my perspective. It's the narrator's perspective. So right. what are other people saying? And uh, so it was micro agenda like a very specific like i said laser focused agenda on audio description narration for tv shows and movies yep and then a super laser focus on uh blind and low vision community and then i start connecting with people like you and others who are taking the time to share their experience and the change that's happening in me is uh I, i'm gonna say it's astronomical my my uh I, I guess it's the the biases that I've had, my assumptions. You know, yeah, how that's fair. That's fair. The assumptions are are so clear in everyone's mind on oh, this is how it works. And then now I'm reading your tweets and other people's tweets, and I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> and it's like I didn't have the exposure to that, and it's it's been, um, I. I guess the, when it comes to inclusion and accessibility, I, I'm, I'm recognizing things in a, in a different way. And it's, it's very positive and it's very exciting to see that there are changes that are happening for the good. 
and yeah, to be able yeah. to track those as they happen. So, um, yeah, in a, in a very real sense, the the advocacy that I've that I've done has kind of generalized, in a, I think, in a really good way. That now it's it, it is for inclusion and normalization of of uh, disability, however and wherever we can. Yeah, yeah. The thing is, you you're looking at this at the right time, I think, because I would say even as as uh, as early as a few years back. Um, inclusion and accessibility were not as big a deal. They weren't really on the radar in a lot of different ways. I think this past uh, three or four years, it's really started to pick up and get you know the, the attention of people who need to who, who need to pay attention to it. Mm-hmm. Um, so really, I think I think you're coming into this this understanding and this uh, appreciation of accessibility at the right time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I haven't really found uh, as yet many others who are in your kind of in, in your same industry or in, in the same boat that you are in um, that have taken up this interest. And that I just think it's really cool. That's one of the reasons I wanted to be on the show, obviously. Um, but as we move forward um, in this little interview of mine, I did mention to you as well, and I think you might've already known, who knows, because given the things I talk about on Twitter, this podcast is actually primarily about video games. So, yes. so, <laughs> As we head towards a, uh, a world of accessibility, I wanted to ask you uh, what your opinion is on audio description for video games. Oh, here we go. I'm so excited <laughs> for this conversation. There's a, there's a video game that I'm working on that I can't talk about yet. And right. it's, um, it's being directed by one of the writers for uh, the company. And it just so happened that the last time I was in to record this, this character, the... Um, I, there was some downtime and I was talking to the, the writer about some of the, the work that I do in TV and film. And I'm not kidding, Brandon, because of your tweets, it was effortless for me to say, so you've got uh, audio description on your radar too, right? Is this, is this going to have audio description? <laughs> and he said, what are you talking about? And I said, oh, I'm following this blind gamer. He said, what? And when he said what, it wasn't like you're crazy. He said right. what as in leaning forward and Oh my God, tell me more. Right. You right, know, it right. was that kind it. of engagement that was like, yes, now we're having the conversation. Okay. Yes, so. yes. I love it. <laughs> and there's, and it's like the, uh, you know, I, I, I did a, uh, the, this is the other experience I had last week. I was on a, a podcast, which is not video games. We're coming back to video games, but this is, right, this right. is how I'm going to bring it back. <laughs> I'm so excited, Brandon. You can hear it's like I've had two yes, cups I of can. coffee. Yes, I can. <laughs> <laughs> this, uh, this, pod, this podcast, I was playing a character, and the, the company has done some really well-received podcasts. And we started talking about binormal, I'm sorry, binaural recordings. Yeah, binaural audio. I love binaural audio. Right? That's the future and too, then, by the way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Awesome. And it's like, well, that makes sense for what you're talking about. Because a lot of video games, you're moving through a space and that's one way to capture it. And without hesitating, this, produ- this producer or engineer, I think he's both, said, oh yeah, there's this new program I got where you can pinpoint the exact location of where you want the sound to come from. And we don't even use the binaural headset, which is like literally in the shape of a head with yeah. the microphones inside where the ears go. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, we used to be shoving this head like underneath the desk and trying to make it all. But it sounds actually better with this new processor that uh, like you pinpoint exactly and you move it around and it, it, it dances the audio where wherever you want it. And I'm like, 
this is the stuff that we're talking about. Oh, yeah. It definitely is. It definitely is. Audio design so, like this is the future. Oh, it's so cool. And so with that, you know, I'm thinking about the audio description side, that there are kind of be visual elements that need some sort of narration, some sort of description, and how the gaming companies can start to include it. And from what I'm understanding, there already are some games, or there have been some games, that that had elements of this, that the, the steams, the, the, the engine's rolling down the hill in a good way here. Um, sort of. Um, not to the level that you're thinking, though. Uh, a lot of games have had menu narration added recently, so now we'll get uh, menus that are narrated fully for us, so we don't have to memorize them. You know, now we oh, can boy. just scroll down a mem- uh, menu, and we'll mm-hmm. hear what's highlighted while we're highlighting it. And that's great. Um, but audio description is still not quite a thing in games yet, but I, I think it's going to happen. I'm almost certain it's going to happen. Um, and I, mm. I think I know how it's going to work too. How's so, that? Can you share or do you want to keep that? I can, I can, yeah, I can, I can tell you how I think it's going to work. Yeah. Yeah. I'd love to hear it. <laughs> yeah. Let's, let's, let's have a discussion here. Um, so what I think is going to happen is it's going to be looped in with probably everything else that, that attaches to the low vision or, uh, or blind modes of these games. So you'll have a mode, which is for, you know, everyone else who, you know, that does not have audio description, you know, active. But when you mm-hmm. do have it active, I think what's going to happen is during all video game cutscenes, you'll get audio description much like what you're used to already, Roy, with uh, basically as if it was a film or, or a television show. Mm-hmm. I, think get, I think you'll get description just like that. Okay. But I think, I think we're also headed towards audio description outside of cutscenes in the form of description that plays either when you press a button to play the description of the area you're in or when you you enter a room for the first time to play that uh, description for you. So you get an idea immediately upon a new area, you know, of what's around you. Mm. So it won't be as timed and you'll actually have more time really because you don't have to worry about timing since since it's gameplay. we blind people mentally will probably just treat it like a cutscene, stand there and listen for a second to the description, no matter how long it takes, because we want to know as much as we can about the room we're in, you know? So <laughs> I think that's sure. how it's going to work. Wow, and then, uh, I like and then, that. And then talking about the binaural audio real quick, since you mentioned that, uh-huh. Uh-huh. I might as well mention, uh, we talked about it a little bit again on this show, early episode of this show, but PlayStation 5 is actually kind of where it's at when it comes to 3D audio, because uh, they already plan to build 3D audio into the system, meaning everyone who has a PlayStation 5 mm-hmm. can plug in a standard, everyday, not expensive, super cheap, $20, $10, $5 pair of headphones, earbuds, whatever you want. Mm-hmm. And you will still get that 3D audio effect as if you had full surround sound and more. Wow. You know, that is their plan for PS5. <laughs> Thank you, Sony. <laughs> right, right. Wow. Uh, they they said they said in uh, their demonstration of the PlayStation Five that they wanted to. They felt like the improvement in audio from PS3 to PS4 was not significant mm-hmm. enough, mm. and they wanted to make sure that it was significant for PS5. So, given the description of or my idea of what audio description in video games could become, mm-hmm. do you think that? If I were to, say, get you some work <laughs> in that department, do you think that you would, uh, would enjoy that? Do you think that'd be... I would... N- there, absolute yes. There'd be no hesitation. Tell me what I need to do to, right. to get out there and let me share it with other 
top quality narrators that, yeah, definitely, that would love definitely. this. I mean, it's so, like, yeah, it's a no brainer. So I don't know. You've been following my tweets pretty closely, but you, you, so you might've always already realized this, but I'm, I'm much more than just a blind gamer. I'm also an accessibility advocate and consultant for video games. You know, I consult with developers about games and, and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. So I would literally potentially have the connections necessary to make this happen one of these days, which is why I'm actually talking about potentially for reals, getting you some work in video game. Audio <laughs> <laughs> and what that does is that gets more, exp- you know, re- regardless of where my career ends up, I would love it personally to go also in that direction. This yeah. is so yeah. exciting. And on top of that, in the, in the bigger picture that this is, it's so great to hear that your advocacy is, is getting the conversations going. And it's oh, it like, is. it definitely is. To, so it's like, there's as a, as a market share, this is, you know, I, I throw out numbers, sometimes 26 million uh, blind low vision Americans. Yep. That's like market share. <laughs> of course, not and that's, all 26 million are you, playing, but you wouldn't believe how hard that is to get into the heads of developers though. Like mm. game developers, um, they still see us as a small market, and that's not that's not wrong. Comparatively, we are a small market, but it's. I mean, if if you can get, if, a lot of a lot of the problem with the uh, blind people in video games has been the fact that they don't know that there's games out there that they can play, mm-hmm. and the more games that are out there that exist that they can play, the more we can use that to to kind of push that narrative and say, hey, we'll get more of these people playing your game if you just make it fully accessible. I guarantee you, people will latch on to this and give it the attention that it deserves. Yeah, yeah. So, but I think just thinking about that, it's like there's one person that, let's say, there out of ten people, there's one person that plays a video game, and it's like, well, that that's the person that knows how to play it. We need to let the other nine people know that this exists. It's not they'll be the ones showing everyone else, like, hey, all their blind friends, hey, I played this game, it's fully playable, and it's got Roy Samuelson in the audio description share. Did you just drop the mic? <laughs> I, I wish I no, I did not. I should have. It was, I mean, that's a missed opportunity right there. Oh, I love it, man. Yeah, yeah. Um, but actually, coming back to that though, real quick, mm-hmm. that actually means something. Like, I don't know if you realize this, and maybe you do. Maybe you've maybe you've noticed this as time has gone on for your in your career. But we blind people do tend to latch on to familiar voices. Like, if we uh, if we hear an actor that we know of. Um, we'll, you know, like, oh, that's that guy. Oh man, I like his work in this. You know, I want to watch this show or whatever. Even even in games, you know, voice actors are you know pretty prevalent in video games, as as you yeah, know, you do yeah. video games too. So, um, you know, it, we we notice things like that, mm-hmm. and that applies as well. And I think you talked a little bit of this in another interview that you did on a, another podcast. Um, that applies as well to audio describers. We blind people notice when an audio describer is good. You know, when they've done well at their job. Um, we notice the, the narrator, you know, that's mm. the voice we've heard the whole show or the whole movie, you know, something like that. So mm. if you, I mean, if I can get you <laughs> into a video game, <laughs> no, either way, if you, if you get, if you get into the, in the audio description role in a video game, either way with or without me, um, I think that people, some people would probably come to it because of that, because, mm their audio description is not being done by a text-to-speech engine, which, by the way, has been uh, an idea that's been floating around, too. Just have a text-to-speech oh, engine. A, synth- a speech synthesizer, basically. Oh, synthesizer. Yes, yes, yes. So, so that, idea has been, that idea has been floating around as well, just to have uh, mm-hmm. text-to-speech do that. 
And mm-hmm. that's, not, that's not a terrible idea. It's mm-hmm. better than not having any description at all. Right. But I think, I think if we can head towards a, a place where we can attach familiar audio description narrators that people know already, that people have already watched movies that they've been in and uh, mm-hmm. heard TV shows they've been in, whatever. If we can attach those to audio description and video games, I think it'll actually bring more people in. Well, it's it's well, it's an interesting idea, don't you think? <laughs> yeah, it really is. It really is. And I, you know, back to the text to speech, it seems like, like you said, it's there's there's hundreds of instructional videos on YouTube, and to be able to have those described, synthesized voice or otherwise, is great. And I think what um, what I'm hearing is that a voice is is a different quality than a synthesized voice because of oh yeah. Uh, I mean, you give me the words. I'm thinking nuance. I'm thinking there's there's a slight emotion. There's a, there's the, the human element of it. The human element and, that that can add to a scene. I mean, it, imagine, you know, a blind person going through one of the most important plot twisty scenes in a video game, and here they are. They're a blind mm-hmm. person. They're controlling the character. You know, they've played through this experience so far, and they reach this big important scene, mm-hmm. and there's an audio describer backing them and letting them know what's going on in this big huge plot twist and it's their plot twist, you know? It's mm. more, it's more mm. them than any TV show or movie ever was because they played it. But mm. to have that also fully described, add the human element to the description as well, I think that's the, that's the way to go. Mm. Very cool. Interesting thoughts. <laughs> oh, I love it, Brandon. This is great. No, that's, that, that, was, that was the goal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's like the, this kind of excitement just keeps growing. I, uh, with each... Uh, like specifically with this, with video games, it's like, of course, it's that recognition of, yes, this, in a, you know, we're headed there. It, it absolutely, <laughs> this, is, this is happening. TV and, and 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 movies have made great strides in the form of accessibility lately. I mm-hmm. think I think we're in a place now where it's it's video games' turn <laughs> to do the same thing. You know <laughs> yes. And it's happening. It's happening, but it's you know, it, it takes a while. Yeah. But it is, and, it is time for it. Well, and with video games, they take, what, years to make sometimes? Oh, yeah. Like five, six years in some cases. It's, yeah. It's crazy. There's, the development of a game is, is, is huge. Like, there's hundreds of people involved in a game now. It used to be the original Mortal Kombat was made by four people. <laughs> and now you have teams of hundreds of people making games. Yeah, one, yeah. Hundreds of people per game. You know, it's, it's insane. Yeah, yeah. Um, really quick. Uh, you mentioned how there's thousands of videos and stuff on the internet. Uh, I think it's worth mentioning, just in case you didn't know about it, maybe you did, but it's worth mentioning once again. Again, another thing I mentioned on the show before, uh, mm-hmm. the You Describe Project. Have you ever heard of that? Yeah, for um, uh, being for able YouTube to... YouTube videos. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's a volunteer audio description service. And, you know, some people are good, some people aren't, but that's not the point. The point is that they're doing it. And that it's there, and that it's description for things that didn't have description before, and it's just it's a, it's a really great idea, and I just yes. hope everyone I, I want everyone to latch onto that project. <laughs> I'm so glad you said it because I, I I didn't connect the dots. I've been teaching um, audio description narration, yeah, and uh, there's a second class that's coming up and another one at the end of the year. And one of the questions that the students asked in the first class was, "How can we get involved?" And I was mentioning things like, "Well, there's." live productions, there's uh, theatrical performances, there could be uh, uh, now I can add you described. Yeah, yeah, what a great start. What a great start. What a way to practice. I mean, 
Tell them to go to you describe, pull up the wish list. There's thousands of things that aren't described yet on the wish list. Pull that up, pick something, whatever they want, you know, and describe it. Done. See, see how they can do it. Yeah. Wow. It's yes. great practice. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Assign your students this homework. <laughs> and, 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 we, students... and everybody, everyone wins. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's the point. The win, win, win. Everybody yeah. wins. Yeah. And that focus is something I really am uh, keeping up. But yeah, that was, that's, that's it. Done deal. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Well, uh, that's all the questions that I really had for you on this interview. Um, but I did want to uh, give you the floor here and uh, say, basically, whatever you want to say, how can people learn more about Roy Samuelson or whatever you want to give promotion to in this segment of yours? Oh, thanks. Uh, I, the first thing that comes to mind, obviously, you and I met on Twitter. So yes. that's a great place to to connect. Uh, I'm at Roy Samuelson, all one word. Uh, and I finally figured out how to capitalize my letter R and my letter S <laughs> in my handle. Nice. <laughs> Good job. Um, You've done well. The other thing is um, for the, the cited audiences of yours, that audio, that um, outside of audio description, that any image you can uh, describe on Instagram using yes. alt text. Alt text, And yes. um, whenever you forward a link that happens to have an image in it, you can also include it's a workaround, but I use the comments to include the, the description of any yeah, images. That works. That works. Uh, and then I guess the, the biggest thing uh, for the blind community is that the, the networks, the streaming shows, the, the movie and TV productions, audio description project is a great source for all these. And now game they, developers. Uh, no. <laughs> and then hopefully eventually game developers. <laughs> exactly. And then hopefully game developers, but especially game developers now to be able to, to share with them well, I guess more on the the streaming services and the TV shows that when there is a narrator or a script of an, that the narrator's read that this, that's been described that you really appreciated, that you really liked, that this is a great time to give the feedback to the companies. Yeah. And it takes, it takes some time, but they do listen. And there's been, uh, while you might feel like one voice among thousands, that when people do that, it helps back to the win-win-win it increases the quality for them to recognize oh we got some feedback on this and they really like this that's that's a market share that the networks and streaming services want to chase after and keep and maintain and make sure that they're doing it right and by giving the positive feedback that helps them recognize as much as when there there might be something that they need to hear on the constructive side it's, it's an organic way to let them know they did a good thing yeah i, I like that a lot yeah yeah, definitely, definitely. Oh, well, uh, can I give one more plug? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Go, go for it. Give all, okay. all the shoutouts uh, you want. <laughs> I just realized on Facebook, uh, for those who are on Facebook, there's a group called Audio Description Discussion, and it's not limited to just TV or films. So if anyone who happens to still be on Facebook is interested in joining that group, <laughs> I love that. Uh, <laughs> you're yeah. still there. Hello, because we kind of have to be, but we hate it, but we yeah, have to be. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, there's, uh, there's probably around a hundred people or so that are giving some really good conversations and it works great in addition to the audio description project that comes out. So yeah, those are, yeah. uh, I, I think I covered all my shout outs. All right. <laughs> good. That's good for you. You did, you did a fine job. It only took like five minutes. No, I'm just kidding. Um, all right. Well, I would like to thank you once again for, for being on the show. I really, really appreciate it. And, uh, I hope. It is my sincere hope 
to one day have you on again after after you've described your first video game. <laughs> I look forward to it. That's a great, great, great thing to attain for for exactly. billions of reasons. Ex- billions, not not just billions, trillions of reasons. <laughs> for every pixel. <laughs> for every pixel, there must be a description. The pixel in the lower left moved slightly as you walked forward. <laughs> oh no, it's 4K. <laughs> oh no! No, no, by then it'll be 8K. What are you talking about? 8K. <laughs> I'm dating myself. Yep, yep. 4K is so yesterday. How dare you? Right, I know. All right. Well, thank you again. Have a wonderful evening. I really appreciate this. Thank you a lot. Great talking with you, Brandon. Thanks for having me. Same, same to you, my friend. Great. Ladies and gents, that has been our show. My goodness, what a show. I had a blast with this show. Um, the interview was great. I think the gaming news topic was relevant and pertinent. And, uh, yeah, it, I just, I love, I love doing the show for you. I really love doing the show for you guys. I'm so happy that we hit 200 plays. And we, we in fact, have just gone over 200 plays. I'm so happy about that. Like, I can't even express. I didn't know how this was going to go. And I feel like this is going right. Um, I feel like the audience ship is growing. And that is awesome. Um, so I, I, I invite you guys to keep it up. Um, if you like the show, please tell your friends. Um, tell anyone who might be interested in the show. Um, yeah, let them know. Uh, the show's cool and stuff. <laughs> anyway, with that said, if you want to follow me, uh, you can do so in lots of different ways. You can follow me on Twitter, at SuperBlindMan, where you're welcome to ask questions and uh, get involved with the show as well. You can email me at SuperBlindMan01 at gmail.com. Twitch is SuperBlindMan as well. YouTube is SuperBlindMan as well. So follow me all those places. And uh, you can watch my stream, you can watch my previous videos, all that stuff. I'm everywhere, alright? You can also join the Breakdown Walls crew at breakdownwalls.net slash discord. If you want to join us there, uh, you're all welcome. And you can contribute to the show by providing me the weekly Breakdown Walls community spotlight. So please do that if you uh, would like. Also, a link, an easily shareable link for the podcast, breakdownwalls.net slash podcast. If you wanted to share that with your friends, I would humbly appreciate it. And, uh, yeah, it'll get the, the show out there even more, and that would be great. The more listeners, the better. I want to I wanna spread this podcast to the world, my friends. All right? Thank you guys for listening once again. Tune in next week for episode 10. That's right. Next week will be the 10th episode of this craziness. And maybe, just maybe, based on the results of the poll, which is available on my Twitter timeline right now, we may have a co-host going forward. Oh, snap. All right. I'll see you guys then. Thanks again for listening, as always, and uh, continue to be awesome.